Welcome to the Green Zone Podcast, the show that teaches oil and gas executives how to take command of their finances and live in the green. Your host, Jeff Green, from Green Financial Group, will be your financial guide, all while giving you a tour of the most beloved and best-kept secret spots around Houston, Texas. Now, on to the show. This is one of two episodes where Jeff Green and Lauren Smith focus on giving. Now, giving comes in many forms. It can be time, talent, treasure, but most importantly, it comes from the heart. In this show, Jeff and Lauren focus on an organization that uses bicycles to motivate kids to reach defined academic goals. Jeff, tell us about Rebecca Roberts, Glenn Okuma, and the nonprofit charity Cycle. Well, Patrice, first of all, Lauren, it's begin- it's that time of year, right? It is. It's the giving time of year, and we've got. I must say, he's one of our favorite. I mean, he is. He's up there, he's right? Up there. He's we up there, like, pretty high. We like him. We this guy. I client Glenn Okuma. So Glenn Okuma, who's been a client for a long time now, brought has approached us with this charity for so years. He's been involved with this for a while. It's called Cycle. And Cycle is a nonprofit, of course, changing young children's lives through education. C-Y-C-L-E. <laughs> it's like, I'm from the military. We have acronyms for everything. So I love a good acronym. Glenn and Rebecca, thank you all for being on so much. Uh, Glenn, we'll start with you. Tell us how you got involved in this and why you're so passionate about it. Yeah, actually, someone invited me to the big bicycle build that they have at uh, NRG. And I got there and it was amazing to see. They were setting up the environment and it was so organic. The people, all everybody was volunteers and they were just building this environment. It's basically a factory where you're staging these bicycle parts or the boxes with the bicycles in them. And then you're transporting it through all the system and then eventually you get them out to the door and to the school. But when I was talking with everybody there, I was just amazed at all the stories that I was hearing about cycle, about how efficient it was. 95% of my dollar goes to them and just how they get encourage these kids to study and get their bicycles. It's an amazing thing. Yeah. I mean, I went to the website and awe at how many bicycles y'all built. I mean, it was a warehouse full. Yeah. It's very impressive. Yeah. So by the way, we have the executive director here of yes, cycle. That's a pretty big deal. That's a pretty big deal. So we're, we're happy to have Rebecca. So Rebecca, tell us a little bit about your organization. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having us. We really do appreciate it. Glenn and I talk often, my board would be first to agree that we are probably the best kept secret in Houston. We achieve amazing results very quietly. We're not an organization that really appeals to many of the socialites. We're more hands-on, grease monkey, get your hands dirty, have some fun, and see what the children can do and a very grassroots. And we appeal very much to some of the larger corporations for that reason. So for instance, Glenn came to us through a friend, I believe it was with ExxonMobil, who have been huge supporters of ours over the years. And they come as a group to build bikes, as he mentioned down at NRG. So the organization actually started in 2004 And it came from one of our board members. He's now a member. He was originally the founder. His name is David Moore. And he wanted to give back at Christmas time. He had had to as a child. 
when his father died and he was one of three boys, age 11, they were having a pretty rough Christmas. And his mother had said to him, you know what, maybe we could give Christmas away this year. And so they went and they put gifts on some children's porch who really had nothing. And he remembered this later in life when he's in his 50s. And he thought, you know what, I could do something. I could do something for other people. I'm not in a great place in my life right now. I'm a little sad. I have enough money. What can I do? And therefore, he got the idea. And what he noticed was, as he took gifts around, that the children wanted bicycles. And he said to his driver, what is it with a bicycle? And they said, well, think about it. These kids live in an area. There's no public transport. They have to rely on their parents if they have a car or the only place they see in their life is as far as they can walk. So he said, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. So the bicycles became more. Well, it became, came to the point where we needed to ensure that the bicycles were getting into the right hands. And I started being approached by schools. And we went from kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade. And we worked our way right back down to only dealing with second grade students. And the reason we decided on this was they're at an age where they can really, really appreciate the value. If I do something, it's like I go and tidy my room, my mom lets me do X, right? Well, if I work really hard and improve my literacy, I get a bicycle. They don't realize the other things. That's a cool incentive. Hey, read read a book, get a bike, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I read my books. I improve my comprehension. I improve my writing skills and I get a bike. And we don't ask them to take a year. We do it for one semester. And the results are amazing. They're absolutely amazing. I was just looking today, a school out in Dickinson. The principal wrote to me at the end of last semester. And she said, you know, we had uh, 66% of the children achieve the three um, increments that they were supposed to. The rest of the children reached five. And these children were failing before. They weren't even where they were supposed to be. But if you incentivize a child, and if any of you have children of your own, you can remember when you were teaching them to read and the penny dropped. And before that, it was at, and they're going like this. And And then it's like, oh, hold on. A cat sat on a mat. Oh, the mat was where the cat sat. And suddenly the words all come together and the pennies dropped and they're up and running. Now, we were finding that this wasn't happening in second grade and it wasn't happening in third grade. They were so far behind. We have students in third grade who don't even know the sounds of their alphabet. And that can be because they've only just arrived in this country or they've been in a very bad situation. They've moved schools way too often. We deal only with Title I schools. These are children who are in a school where they are at the poverty level and there is extra money through the government given to help these students. And literacy is the answer. If you can't read, you can't succeed. We tell the children this all the time. So we ask the teachers to talk to their students in second grade. We ask them to sign a contract with their teacher, not with us. We don't ask them to do anything special except follow the curriculum. So we don't go in with a whole new program, which teachers don't want. They just carry on with their own curriculum. They know where the students could, should be. And we're getting them closer and closer to that point. 
And the beauty is that if we get them in second grade, there may be a few who are still not quite where they need to be when they get to third grade. Third grade is where the first state mandated testing starts. So instead of having 100% of your students not at grade level, you maybe have 5%. Well, you can spend that extra little time with them. And then we have all of the children at the right level or very close to it. It is an absolute identifier of failure for the future. If you are not reading at grade level by the end of third grade, you are more likely to drop out of school. You are more likely not to go to college and you are more likely to live in poverty and perhaps end up with some criminal activity. Rebecca, I just have one one question. Yes. What part of Texas is that accent from? A very far east. It's a, it's the, that's what I thought. That's east yeah. Texas, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Texarkana. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I have one other thing. L- Lauren, why are you not on video? I don't understand why you are not on camera. I, it's bad setup. Come I on. can't get over you, there. Let, let the people see your face. Let's I go. Because we're going to be shooting a video. This is Lauren. She is here. Hi, Lauren. Okay. <laughs> anyway, right. Anyway. So. I think that's a re- it's such a remarkable thing that you guys are doing. It is. And how many bikes do y'all make a year? We usually try to give out uh, about 10,000. Obviously, wow. with COVID, this has been completely messed up. Yeah. And it's to only, it's to those children who fulfill Achieve. this contract. Is that correct? With yeah. their teacher. And we'd say 95 plus percent do. That's awesome. That's Which is rate. pretty good. But I do want your listeners to understand the concept that Glenn is an A student and he is in your classroom. And he comes in and he has parents who are involved in his life and his education. So he will sign the contract and he will do well. And he's already an A student. He might become an A plus student. Okay. Unfortunately, my parents both work and actually one of them just died. And so I have four brothers and they're not that great and they're not much help. And I'm really struggling at home to even find time to read or write. And I should be at F. I'm only at B. And it's like, I am struggling, but I see this bike and I'm like, okay. So the teacher says to me, okay, you need to make a D. You need to get to D level. Well, I work really, really hard. I might not make D, I might make E, but guess what? On paper, I'm still failing. Usually I get no reward, none whatsoever. I have improved three grade levels. He has improved none, but he gets the award. That's not what we did. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, if Glenn's in my class, he's a class clown going straight to the principal's office. That's that's where Glenn's going. (laughs) I would agree. Unfortunately, that happens a lot. (laughs) So you reward the improvement, even if it's not perfect. Correct. It's achievement. We need to see growth. And I always laugh with the principals when I meet with them and the we meet with principals, but we also meet with the superintendents of school. And I say, I actually do have five brothers and I have three sons and I have three grandsons. Oh, wow. So I'm very male oriented. And so I said, teachers kept saying, well, we have to have conduct. And I said, well, it can only be satisfactory or above. You can't make it excellent. I know what boys are like. <laughs> so we have satisfactory or above. So Good. we might have somebody like Glenn, who is a super smart student, 
He is a straight A student and he wants to mess around in class. And if he does not have a satisfactory, it doesn't matter how good he is. He is not getting a bike. Glenn doesn't deserve a bike, in my opinion. (laughs) But speaking of Glenn, tell us what you do around there. Obviously, you're very passionate about this organization. What do you really do there? I am. Rebecca, I don't know how she chose me, but basically she said when we were at a team meeting, she goes, everybody, this is Glenn Okuma. He's now the webmaster. And it's like, (laughs) really? But anyway, so I've been streamlining a lot of the processes and making it a lot easier for us to get information through our organization, because there's a lot happening in that in order to construct uh, bicycles, get them delivered, get people at the spots. It's a big deal. So a lot of my work has been trying to just figure out how to streamline it. Unfortunately, there's a problem in that we're actually starting to see more requests from schools coming in and we can't service their needs because there's two issues at stake here. One is donations, of course. The other one is actually volunteers. We have kind of a problem here. So we're coming out of a a pandemic, right? We've been, there's a lot of supply chain disruptions and things like that that have gone. How's that affected your organization? Hugely. (laughs) Right now we are, I am told that there are 2000 bicycles about to arrive in the port of Long Beach, California. And at the last count, I think there were 50 ships waiting to unload. Yeah. I'll be I, honest, I just them. got back from out there and I saw them. I mean, they're piled up. Yeah. So uh, that has been an issue. And of course, being able to fundraise in our usual manner has one of the biggest, actually the biggest fundraiser of the year for us is the build down at NRG. And we usually raise almost half a million dollars at that. It's corporations make a donation for their people to come down and work, build the bikes. I have to say, if any of your listeners, they would be amazed to know that every single one of our bikes is uh, built by a volunteer, or we call them builders because a donation is expected and it's either made by the corporation or by the individuals. I have what I call the core team, which is about 50 people who basically run the show for me. And then everything is lined up. Like he was saying, we start with a box, but we end with a product. And we know that that blue bike needs to go to X school in Y school district. And we know that it needs to go out on Wednesday. Well, we even have trucking companies. And I'm talking about Gordon Food. I'm talking about Coca-Cola. I'm talking about Three Men Mover, who are a local organization, and many independents palletized trucking as well. They give me their trucks, their drivers, and the gas to get them to and from at no cost. That is massive. That is that's great. They load up the bikes and they take them to the schools. And we would not be able to function without them. We just would not. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell the folks, I will say this, we donate here. We're trying to promote this charity. This is a great organization. I mean, giving a kid a bike, there's nothing I know, better. It's so encouraging and it makes them feel accomplished and it pushes the kids to strive for more. So, I mean, I think that's amazing. And I want to touch on one other thing. Glenn, you mentioned that you were the webmaster. I've checked out the website and you've done a phenomenal oh, yeah. job with the videos. Why do you do the videos? I think they're great. And I think everybody needs to check them out. So why'd you start doing those? 
the videos were actually, I did it to start out with just to show the team all the things that happened in these bike builds and how it gets perceived at the end, because not everybody is actually a school captain. So they don't really see all the process. So I just developed it. And I was going to have Rebecca show it at one of our, at the team meeting. And basically she goes, it's too long. (laughs) I had to cut it down. And then she made me the webmaster. So I stuck it on to the, the, (laughs) so that's how that worked out. Well, the videos are great. They're really amazing. You've done that. And they tell the story without our words. It's from the mouths of those who do it. And speaking of the website, what's that website address? It's www.cyclehouston.org. Cyclehouston.org. Bikes or donate, you find it all. We'll put that on the website with the show notes for the podcast so that anybody that's listening can go on. You've got to check out Glenn's videos. So check out the website. Right. If somebody wants to make a donation, what's the best way for them to do that? Go on there and click donate. Go on the website and click donate. Yeah. And let me tell you, I think you're probably interested. The price of a bike, an actual bike for us to purchase is $80. And we're around about $20 for a helmet. We get a lot of donations uh, through Hard Hats for Little Kids, which is through Texas Children's Hospital. We work with them. And it works very, very well. So $100 basically gives the child the incentive to go out and do and achieve. hundred bucks, great. you get a kid a bike. And they get the helmet too. Yep. Rebecca, Absolutely. Glenn, thank y'all both for being here so much. We really appreciate it. Remember, cyclehouston.org. And we'll put this right. in the show notes. And if you guys have any questions or want to reach out to Glenn or Rebecca, we'll get you their contact information as well. Great organization to get involved with. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What a fantastic discussion about cycle, as Rebecca said, one of the best kept secrets in Houston. Thank you, Rebecca, Glenn, Jeff, and Lauren. And to make sure you know when the latest Green Zone is available, follow wherever you listen to your podcasts and share this one especially with friends and family. Thank you for listening to the Green Zone podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Green Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Green Financial Group is not a registered broker or dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Jeff Green is the founder of Green Financial Group and is a registered principal of RJFS. The Green Financial Group is located at 6363 Woodway Drive, Suite 625, Houston, Texas, 77057 and can be reached at 713-244-3030. Raymond James is not affiliated with and does not endorse the opinions or services of his guests.